0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our show today. So happy to have you with me and our special guest. And quite possibly America's first unstuckologist, Remy Shose, our speaker today, has x-ray vision for seeing the trouble spots that exist in every frozen situation and the creativity to transform it instantly. She's the best-selling author of Living Life as an Exclamation Point, and the creator of the Get Unstuck Revolution. Ramey is talking to us today about how to get unstuck from the trickiest rut. So Ramey, welcome, and it's so great to have America's first
1: Unstuckologist with us here today. Thank you. I don't know if I'm the world's first or America's first. I've been called many things. <laughs> right. Well, we're very happy to
0: have you here. And why don't we just start right out with, uh, A time when you were stuck, and then you had your life shift, because I know you have a
1: story. (laughs) It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. (laughs) I was out for a walk one evening. It was around dusk, and it suddenly occurred to me that I was being abused by my minister and my church. P.S., the minister was my husband. So I sort of had this trifecta of trauma in my life, because how can you, you know, survive that? So here's the one person, my husband I'm supposed to trust, my minister I'm supposed to trust, my church I'm supposed to trust. And i got to tell you, I had days in the hallway just laying and sobbing, just not having a clue how to get out of that. And that's kind of how the Get Unstuck Revolution was born, because that was my place of being so stuck, and I couldn't find anybody to help me get out of it. Wow, that's quite a story. So how did you get out of it? Well, through a lot of research, going through a lot of coaches and therapists who just didn't quite have the right, you know, answer for me, and I just had to do a lot of digging and and in looking at this whole idea of being stuck, one of the things I discovered is it most often happens when you've been invalidated, when somebody tells you that you don't matter. And when that invalidation runs deeply enough and really hits you right here at your core, I often say that that can shatter your soul. And when that happens, boy, I tell you, you've got to have some resources. And that's why our little talk today is called To Be or Not to Be. wonder if Hamlet ever got that right.
0: Right. <laughs> well, maybe you can give our, I mean, your website promises a lot of awesome things. And so maybe you can give our listeners
1: some techniques for getting unstuck. Yeah, because this idea of to be or not to be really comes from my research on beingness versus doingness. Uh, Because what I found for me being an overachiever is I was doing, 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 action, 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 and getting nowhere. And the reason was that the beingness was missing. I was literally stripped of my tone level. I used to be this poster child for optimism. And I was just stripped of my tone level. I was just so uh, down and depressed and lethargic and in apathy and once I discovered that all the doingness in the world was never gonna matter being an overachiever didn't matter I could not take action to get myself out of it because all the action in the world won't matter if your beingness is off so yeah I did bring three really amazing exercises for everybody and the first one the one I use most often is called find the positive And so if you think of a place where you're feeling stuck, a place where you feel challenged, and as you reflect on that place where you're stuck, think of just one positive thing about it, just one, because if you can think of one, you can find five, and if you can think of five, you can find 10, and if you can think of 10 positive things about that challenge, you can get to 20, and I promise you, it will resolve before you ever get to 20. Now I realize some challenges are more challenging than others like the loss of a loved one. So the time frame may change but the principle is the same. You just start with one. Awesome. That's great. Can you give, give us an example maybe a, of, one of one of your one. clients who use who yeah. that technique? To... Yeah. I had one client who uh, recently was going through a breakup and it, it's what we call all jacked up on oxytocins. <laughs> right? You think the relationship is going somewhere and you're high from it only to find out it's going nowhere. In her situation the guy didn't realize that there was a relationship going on. Kind of a problem, right? And so right. she was all stuck in this idea of her future. And it's like her entire future was unraveling before her and she at her age she was 45. She thought this is my last chance for love. I'm never gonna find another man as good as this. Uh, you know, all that stuff. And the thing is, in finding one positive thing, just starting with one, that was actually where she was stuck. And that's why I say you've got to start with one, because if you can't find the first one, you can't find the second one, right? It takes a little bit of discipline. I had to actually help her. You know, uh, so the first positive thing, this opens you up for the right guy, right? Second positive thing, Mm -hmm. you are single, ready, available, primed for marriage you've done the work on yourself, right? The third thing, um, the limitless possibilities in front of you. Being in Southern California, lots of guys in Southern California, you're not living on some remote island in Alaska, right? But you start with one. Start with one positive thing and keep going and it will resolve. Either you'll find the solution or you'll finally find the right perspective before you ever get to 20. Those are beautiful, beautiful. I'm so glad you gave that example so that
0: people actually have that tool and to see how you can find those positives.
1: That's great. So the second step is to grab a piece of paper or just use the slate of your imagination and draw two stick figures. One on the left and one on the right. And around the stick figure on the right, draw a circle around it and that circle represents your soul. And you'll notice that it's much bigger than you are and encompasses everything you are. Because if it were the other way around and your soul were squeezed inside that little stick figure, well, it'd be too much energy and your physical body would just explode, right? So your soul is bigger than you are. And we could label that your soul self, your spiritual self, your big me, or if you want just a business take on it, it could be your inner business expert, right? Lots of ways to apply this. And then the stick figure on the left side of the page, that would be your ego self. You could call that your little me or the me that doesn't know. Give it lots of labels, whatever works for you. And what I like to do is to draw a dashed line between the two to represent tension like a rubber band. And that shows you that your ego self can stretch you away from your soul self. Or someone else's ego, if they're throwing a lot of anger at you, is designed to pull you away or stretch you away from your soul self. But here's the thing, inside your soul self, your spiritual self, that's who you are and what you stand for. That's your beingness. What's your purpose in life? So every life challenge is asking you to align with your soul self and not stretch away from it. Now some people immediately see this as a division between fear and love. Right. So an obvious question is, well, how do I align with my soul self? So what we do is we take a look at some characteristics of your soul self. And we could write down some words like um, compassion, gratitude, um, intuition, inspiration, wisdom, clarity, flexibility. Right. Uh, And one of my favorite words is reverence. And here's why I like that word. You know, I used to think that I wanted people around me who trusted and loved and respected me, you know, the raving fans. And one day I realized that in order for that trust and respect and admiration to be present, there would also have to be judgment present based on how they think I should or shouldn't be. I didn't like that so much. But the idea of reverence is in holding honor for the other person. I honor who you are and where you are on your journey, and I hope that you hold the same for me. And here's the thing about reverence. When you hold reverence for yourself, this is how you can ensure that no one will ever invalidate you. Okay? They may try, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. If you're holding reverence for yourself, you'll be able to just hold up your stop sign hand and push that away and make sure it doesn't come into your beingness. Now, you may be able to think of some other words that represent your soul self. Oh, there's a lot of
0: words out there. It could be higher self. Higher mental body, your I am presence. Your, get into religious terms: Christ self, Buddha self. There's all kinds of comments that we could could yeah. take. That. I, I love I love your comment about if somebody. It, so many of us try to get. We want acceptance from other people, like you're saying, and that really does cause for them to make a judgment. I think that's just a brilliant observation, and and we're trying to get away from judgment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so judgment would go over there on the left side under the ego self, and we could also write down words on that side of the page like doubts, worries, frustration, anxiety, confusion, indecision, that's a big one, as well as anger. Well, here's the thing about anger. You know, I often ask people in my workshops, does anger serve any purpose? And across the board, people say, oh, no, anger doesn't serve any purpose at all. Well, the truth is anger does have a purpose. Anger is there to distance you from who you are, from your purpose in life, from what you're meant to do, right? So you can see that on your little diagram, how it can stretch you away or pull you away from your soul self. Someone else's anger serves the same purpose, to pull you away from your beingness, from who you are, what you're meant to do and this is why I say every life challenge is asking you to align with these qualities of your soul self and not go into reaction with doubts and you see this is what happened with me finding out that I was being abused by my minister, my church, my husband I just fell right into all these doubts, confusions, worries, anxiety, indecision. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was swimming in it. That situation was asking me to align with who I was and what I was meant to be. The situation wasn't the problem, that was the illusion. The situation was there to awaken me to something greater. You see how that works? Absolutely,
0: and and you're right. I mean the anger shows us many things. It also shows us that we are far away from our our true nature and we have, um, we need to make a correction. We need to re, you know, get back
1: into our center and like you say, not react. Now let me tie this back into the first exercise. Um, When you are in a challenging situation or when you're feeling stuck, the first thing that we often do is we go into doubts, worries, frustration, anxiety, judgment, judgment on ourselves, right? A lack of acceptance. In finding the positive, what that's doing is that's moving you squarely to the right side of the page. Because when you're feeling stuck, it isn't the situation, it's your energy that's become stuck. You've become stuck in the doubts, worries, frustrations, judgment, all that. So the exercise to find the positive moves you to the right side of the page and gets you going in a direction that's going to serve you a little bit better. The third exercise, and and this one is what brings it all home for us. The third exercise is I want you on a piece of paper or in your imagination to draw two columns. and Down the left hand column, write a simple bullet point of where you feel stuck in life. It could be something very very simple like I don't know where to go for lunch but keep it to a bullet point. I'm not looking for a whole story or to fill up that entire column, right? Just a quick bullet point. And then down the right hand side of the page I want you to write down a list of your strengths and I want you to try to get to a hundred but at least get to twenty. The reason I want you to go to a hundred is because this will become a list that you can refer back to But also because once you get past 20, oftentimes that's about the time that you begin to really flush out your greatest strengths. The first 20 are going to be a little bit robotic, a little bit memorized, right? So for instance, your strengths might be that you're an optimist, that you're enthusiastic, that you do know how to find the positive, that you're everyone's friend, that you're good at um, flushing out a struggle and finding out what the right it is. Right? You can have a lot of strings that you begin to list, but after you get past 20, that's where the really great ones begin to emerge. What we do in our workshops is that we, once we get to our list of 100, we pull out our top five. and Then we go and we make these laminated bookmarks. I wish I had one to show you because they're so adorable. We make these laminated bookmarks that represent our stick figure on the right, our soul self right we started with just a few but when you make a bookmark that you can keep in your day timer in whatever book you're reading right now a bookmark slips easily into your checkbook into your you know, just about anywhere in your car it's really handy so that when you reach a challenging situation let's say somebody blows up at you and you're suddenly in tears and you're like what's wrong with me this shouldn't be upsetting me so much you have a really handy reference and you can immediately see that you're back on the right side of the page That's an awesome technique for for someone to really have that physical reminder. That's great. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Because it's really hard when you're in the middle of a challenge to just in a snap come up with all your strengths, right? But at the same time, you can get so ingrained in the emotion, it's hard to pull out a piece of paper and say, okay, let me write down a list of my strengths. I mean, you know, we're never going to do that.
0: Right. And, you know, it occurs to me too when you get – as you get to the 100 mark, you really are crossing that threshold of believing it yourself. Yeah. 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 Great. Oh, well, good. So, you know, you also talk about uh, how to find the answers inside of you instantly. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that a little
1: bit? Yeah, that really gets back to the find the positive. Um, it, let's say that, let's, let me think of a challenge that I've had recently So I have a a radio show that I'm currently doing once a week, and I've been looking at, uh, do I want to scale it up to twice a week? That's a challenge I have right now. It represents growth, but it also represents a lot more work, right? Do I want to turn that over to my team? Do I want to turn over just pieces of it? Does it mean that I'm going to lose the more direct relationships with my guest experts? You know, how much growth do I want? Are we stable enough yet, right? So I can swim around in these doubts and these questions, and, and I did for a couple of weeks. But what I often tell people is, find your objective. Because if you know your objective, that's going to give you the answer. So I had to go back to my objective. What is my objective? Is it growth? Is it expansion? Is it celebrity? Is it, I want to give my team more work to do? <laughs> you know, what is it? So when you know your objective, that can often help you um, just really laser in and pinpoint uh, on that challenge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's the old saying, if you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. <laughs> Having an objective. So that's yeah. great. So, Rainy, this has been so informative and just wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I know everyone is just thrilled to meet America's First. And psychologist, right. I gotta gotta remember that term. And I thank everybody for being with us today. It's been wonderful. And we will see you next time. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart and a powerful spirit. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, download and comment. I'd love to hear from you and your support is much appreciated. And don't forget, go to nancyshowalter.com to get your free electronic copy of my book, It's Okay to Be Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Increased Wealth and Personal Mastery, endorsed by T. Harv Eker. And my free mini course, How to Speak Your Success, The Shocking Truth of How Your Words Impact Achieving Your Goals.
1: I'll see you next week.